The only problem with an extra long four-day holiday weekend is that it makes the following week, this week, seem really, really long. Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, saving your sanity this season amid the deadlines, the family drama, and everything else that can stress you out, St. Mark's pastor Dan Metzger explains how not to ruin Christmas. Also this morning, for those who dread the hustle and bustle of the season, we'll tell you how to turn your holiday into a holiday. To your health this morning, many over-the-counter cold and flu remedies have been pulled from the shelves after being found to be ineffective. So what does work to soothe the sniffles? And with shows to put you in the holiday mood, along with some great stocking stuffers, we'll tell you what's happening in the month of December at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, November 27th, 2023. Monday after Thanksgiving, Monday after the big game, and we still don't give a damn about the whole state of Michigan. So that's just get that out there uh, right now. So did you have a good uh, Thanksgiving uh, feast and you know, have a, a good time over the weekend? Uh, if you overate this Thanksgiving weekend, and who among us didn't, this is some perhaps some really good information that you will want to know. To start things off this morning, a new study published in the journal Military Medical Research suggests that too much exercise, while it does have numerous benefits, too much exercise could be harmful at the molecular level. (laughs) So if you had too much to eat and you're thinking, oh man, I got to work off some of this uh, turkey and stuffing and everything else, just beware that too much exercise could be harmful at the molecular level. According to researchers, individuals who are already fit, generally speaking, may be more susceptible to viral respiratory infections immediately after intense exercise. The study involved analyzing uh, blood plasma, saliva, and other bodily fluids of a group of firefighters before and after 45 minutes of vigorous exercise. The results showed a decrease in inflammatory molecules post-exercising, potentially impacting the body's ability to fend off infections. The researchers say they are aiming to understand the early signs of exhaustion in order to reduce the risks to first responders, athletes, and military personnel. But for the rest of us, the way I read it is, you know, don't uh, don't overdo it when you're trying to work off that Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> that's the way I read it. I don't know if that was their intention, but that's the way I read it. So just so you know. So did you do any uh, holiday shopping uh, over the weekend? Get your Christmas shopping done or get a uh, really good start? Um, millions upon millions, I think the uh, Adobe Analytics numbers were an increase of 7.5% in terms of spending this Black Friday compared to last. So that's outpacing inflation. They expect today being Cyber Monday, another $12 billion being spent today on uh, Christmas gifts. And, of course, toys are a uh, big uh, category every year. This is the year when toy makers make bank. But it's not just 
shopping for the little ones in the toy aisle these days. Some toy makers are reimagining their uh, toys and games for the over 65 crowd. That's right, grown-ups looking for toys under the tree, new versions of Scrabble, Trivial Pursuit, and the Game of Life being made with larger fonts, larger game pieces for the benefit of the elderly. Even robots are now being marketed to an older crowd. A robotic dog named Doggy uh, is now being marketed to seniors, offering memory games and voice command features. According to Ted Fisher of Ageless Innovation, we continue to think about what are the issues that older adults are facing, and we are finding that the joy of play can have a meaningful impact beyond just the littles. I say 5% of total toy sales are to men, or are for men, not just two men, four men, age 35 and up. So <laughs> it appears that it's not just the kids that are asking Santa for toys under the tree this year. Not that. Uh, and this, it, it's probably no surprise then, this story that I saw on the uh, Newswire, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, a recent study has found that Star Wars lingo is now a part of common speech. <laughs> this is how ubiquitous Star Wars has become in our society, and I think this speaks to the reason why uh, toys... Uh, in general, are so popular with all ages, because we all love this. Phrases like Jedi mind trick and the dark side seem to require little to no explanation. We all know what those things mean, and of course they originated with the Star Wars franchise. People also routinely use words like Yoda, Jedi, lightsaber, Padawan, these types of things. One-third of these uses were found to be unrelated to the movies, which means that even people who have never seen Star Wars understand the lingo associated with it. The study shows Star Wars is inescapable. Even if you haven't seen it, you know about it, and it is part of our language, and we can all understand what many of these words mean. This according to Professor... Sanchez Stockhammer from Chemnitz University of Technology is a study of, and it's not just this country. Uh, they studied American texts and British texts. The language that Britons use is much the same. Uh, by the way, the word Yoda has been in the dictionary since 2016. So I did not know that. But uh, anyway, again, I think it just goes back to uh, demonstrate why we we love our toys so much because it becomes a ubiquitous part of our existence. So there. Uh, here is uh, the story that we have to worry about today. Every day there has to be something in the news that we are worried about, that we are wringing our hands over, that we are fearful will be the end of society, the end of the world as we know it. And here it is. Uh, the story for today. For the first time in more than three decades, the world's largest iceberg is on the move. The Antarctic iceberg A23A is about a thousand 
500 square miles, 1,500 square miles, 1,500 square miles, roughly three times the size of New York City, this iceberg. And it has been stuck on the ocean floor since 1986. That's how big this is. It's been frozen to the floor of the Antarctic. But now, apparently, it is broken free of its mooring, and it is now traveling about three miles every day, drifting away from Antarctica. Scientists say they are closely monitoring the trajectory of the iceberg. I'm not sure how closely you have to monitor it. It's only moving three miles a day. But apparently, this is worrisome. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know why, but it sounds like it's something that we should be worried about, doesn't it? It it sounds like something that we should be concerned about. And uh, finally this morning, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, the one thing that we love about the holidays, I mean, there's plenty that we don't look forward to about the holidays, the spending, the constant on-the-go, the... Uh, deadlines and and all of that. Plenty of things not to look forward to about the holiday. But one of the things that we do, especially if you have kids that are away at college, is seeing them, or kids that have just moved away, who have flown the nest and, uh, and moved away. They come home for the holidays, and it's a wonderful family reunion time, family togetherness. However... Some members of Generation Z might not may be able to make it home for the holidays this year. Recent survey from Credit Karma found that many Gen Z Americans will not be able to afford to travel because of their student loan debt. <laughs> um, it's another reason why we need to forgive all of this debt, wipe it off the books. We need these kids home for the holidays. I mean, right? Um. Generation Z Americans, according to this credit card survey, won't be able to afford traveling home for the holidays on top of their student loan payments. Nearly a third of the participants in the survey say they are relying on their parents to pay for their travel expenses. A consumer financial advocate at Credit Karma says holidays can cause a lot of financial stress for people who are struggling to make ends meet. Well, no kidding there. I mean, not a uh, great revelation, but uh, there you go. I guess if you need... One more reason we need to wipe out this student loan debt. (laughs) There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchak. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly cloudy today, a high pushing 30. Mostly cloudy tonight, uh, low in the mid-20s. The new overpass on County Road 180 over State Route 15 south of Finley has opened. Another overpass on State Route 15 is set to open soon. That one will be at County Road 169 near Van Lu. Hancock County Engineer Doug Cade says the overpasses will improve safety by eliminating those dangerous intersections. In the last 20 years, we've seen a huge increase in the number of accidents. And because of the high speeds uh, that are associated with State Route 15, the severity is enormous. And transportation officials have more overpasses planned for the State Route 15 corridor in the future. Get more on that in the story on our website. Ohio's new constitutional protections for abortion access and other reproductive rights will take effect on December 7th, one month after being approved by voters. 
How and when their impacts are felt remains unclear. Existing abortion-related lawsuits are moving again through the courts since voters decided the issue, raising questions about implementation. The amendment voters approved November 7th did not repeal any existing Ohio laws relating to abortion or reproductive rights. That has prompted some anti-abortion activists to step up pressure on Republican elected officials to extend their efforts to halt, delay, or significantly water it down. Dave James, ONN News. The Finley Post of the Ohio State Highway Patrol has announced its 2023 Trooper of the Year. Trooper Brian Schneck's fellow officer stationed at the Finley Post chose Trooper Schneck based on his leadership abilities, professional ethics, and other qualities. Get more in the story on our website. Finley High School quarterback Ryan Montgomery is a finalist for the 2023 Ohio Mr. Football Award. Head coach Stephen Adams. To be mentioned in that group of guys is, is uh, pretty big in itself. So uh, if he was able to come out on top, then that would be kind of a cherry on top. So I know uh, this is another great moment for, uh, for him and also for our program as well, too. So Ryan threw for more than 3,000 yards and 35 touchdowns this season. The winner of Ohio Mr. Football will be announced on Thursday. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So now that we are past the Thanksgiving holiday, want to kick off the Christmas season on a positive note. And as we all know, there are plenty of things that can stress you out this time of year between all of the deadlines and the family drama and the shopping and the travel and everything else. Uh, we're going to talk saving your sanity uh, during the season with uh, St. Mark's pastor, Dan Metzger. He's got a, a new book out called How Not to Ruin Christmas. And Dan, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. We yeah, appreciate thanks, it. Thanks for having me. So uh, first of all, I want to make sure that we clear this up right out of the uh, out of the gate here because I can hear people saying, what, with everything else going on, now you want us to read a book? How am I going to find time to do that? This is an easy read. This It's an easy read. I don't know very many big words. So yeah, so it's, it's an easy read. You can... Uh, uh, you can do it in a in a day, yeah, no it's, problem. It's like eighty pages. Yeah. I mean, so this is uh, not something that you can knock this out in a in a day or two. Right? So. It's, it's not it's not a big long novel. <laughs> so we're no. not adding to your list of things to do. That's right. Uh, too badly uh, this season. So I'm assuming that, and I haven't read the book, um, but I, I'm assuming that the overarching message here is to keep Christ in Christmas. Yeah, there, that's obviously a big part of it. I mean, I'm a pastor, and so that's a, sure. that's a big uh, part of my focus. Um, but I think not only for, um, you know, for people who practice uh, Christmas from a faith perspective, but I think for all of us, we find Christmas sometimes to be more of a chore than a celebration. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, a, a huge part of it is keeping Christ in Christmas, but also— uh, it, for Christians over the centuries, we've looked at the Christmas season from a perspective of hope, peace, joy, and love. And those are like the four main themes of Christmas. And so often I think we find the opposites of those things. Yeah. We find worry and conflict and uh, mm-hmm. misery. And right. I mean, this, that's what's kind of in our Christmas movies that we watch. Right. That's uh, the Dickens novels. And mm-hmm. so... Um, what does that look like from a faith perspective? How do we uh, how do we make sure that we're getting the right things and not the things that lead us away from what Christmas is meant to be about? So here is the thing, though, and and as you mentioned, there's so much of that that makes its way into our 
holiday entertainment, but the stories always have a happy ending. So how do we get that happy ending? Right. And so um, in in each chapter, I kind of talk about, you know, these these four different themes. Um, there's, I think for each of these, there's an antidote to, um, you know, when it comes to, for example, worry versus hope. Um, that really kind of, you know, comes down to, well, where does where does faith come in? Um, you know, are, are you are you um, expecting God to do something good? Are you expecting something something beautiful and good to happen even in the midst of of hard things? Um, so I, I think it, there's always kind of a turning point where you can turn and you can go one way and and let yourself just be in misery. Or you can turn and go the other way and uh, try to seek after some of the the really good things, the the positive things of of Christmas. That's not to say that you ignore the the things that are stressing you out, the bad things or the negative things. Sure, of course not. I mean, there's, um, you know, there's always conflict. There's always, you know, in all of our lives, we don't get, we don't make it through life without conflict. We don't make it through life. Uh, without you know some some rough things happening, and so a lot of it is our response to it. What mm-hmm. what's our response? Are we are we going to let it just weigh us down, or are we going to say, hey, you know what? This is something that um, the hope of Christmas because of because of Jesus, we know that the worst thing is never the last thing, mm-hmm. and so because of that, we can have hope. We can we can go after peace. We can go after um, even joy in the midst of you know misery mm-hmm. and and all of those things. And 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 finding the uh, resolution because ignoring it or setting aside and and pushing it uh sometime into the future is not necessarily going to some of these overarching issues that exist and again I using for example family drama uh as the uh, perfect uh example of that it's not going to go away uh during the Christmas season is it about just setting it aside for the time being or finding a resolution uh, using the season as a springboard to find a resolution. Somehow. Yeah, I think sometimes it's about finding a resolution. I think, um, you know, we've all experienced at some point family drama. I don't know too many families that have made right. it made it through decades without some sort of drama uh, <laughs> yeah. at some point in time. And so uh, when you kind of hit that conflict, I think for, for things like that, it's a matter of, um, you know, sometimes we have to show a little bit of grace. Uh, you know, why, why is somebody... Um, you know, responding to you in the way that they are. Why are they so uptight? What's going on in their own lives? And so, again, I think it kind of reframes the the perspective of all of it. It's not, um, it, it's not saying, well, just ignore it and let people hurt me or anything like that. But it is saying, you know, what if we step back and look at it from from a larger perspective? Um, you know, from from a perspective of this uh, Christ child that we're celebrating, who's coming in to be the peace in the midst of our violence. Yeah. Um, and how do we find peace in the midst of really hard things? Because the cynic in me, uh, when I when I look at the book and you know read the write up of the book and and the principles that you want to share in the book, uh, the cynic in me looks back, back at this and says, a lot of this is stuff we hear every year. And yet it doesn't seem to stick. So what is it in this book that will, uh, that will make it stick, that will, you know, th- that will drive that point home the way maybe it hasn't for some people before? Right. I think what it comes down to, uh, ultimately, the thing that changes all of this for me is um, the fact that we're looking at Christmas not just as a time where we're trying to be happy or, 
you know, surface level happy, mm-hmm. but it's a celebration of the fact that God is with us. And if, if Emmanuel, if that is true, if God's really with us, well then, yeah, the worst thing isn't the last thing. Then anything we're worrying about, we can have hope for. Anything that is uh, a source of conflict, we can, we can look towards peace, and, and we can have joy even in the midst of hard circumstances. If God is really with us, if that is true, uh, then it changes everything. Mm-hmm. So it's it it's going beyond the surface level of it and understanding what Christmas is about. The, okay. the first Christmas uh, for Mary and Joseph, it wasn't that idyllic. It was it was rough. It was hard, but it was beautiful because not because of their circumstances, but because God is with us. Yeah. That's what made it beautiful. I love the way you uh, put that, the surface-level happiness. How mm-hmm. often do we do that? We kind of put on the brave face and we put on the smile, even though maybe that's not the way we're feeling sure. uh, this time of year. Yeah, I think I think we all do that from yeah. time to time. I do that uh, from time to time. I don't, I don't always feel, you know, mm-hmm. super joyful and yeah. everything, but um, it's, it's constantly drawing us back to that um, – that idea of what Christmas actually is. Yeah. Uh, there are also uh, some anecdotes uh, in the book, uh, some some stories that uh, people can kind of commiserate with. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I talk about uh, the idea of when you're, um, when you're first coming in, like in October, and everybody can probably remember this happening, you know, coming into a store and seeing candy canes, mm-hmm. and like your chest gets a little tight because you're like, oh man, is it really coming already? <laughs> yeah, here it is. Um, and uh, and the idea of what it's like, you know, sometimes during the shopping season and nothing's going right, and you know, somebody rear ends you in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and it's just a mess. How can we find? How can we still find joy in the midst of those kinds yeah. of things? Yeah. Um, and uh, and really, you know, keep our eyes on on what Christmas is. I want to ask you too, just uh, about. You know, writing a book because yeah. uh, was this something that you had uh, thought of doing in the past? I mean, why why this book? Yeah, I mean, this is something that's uh, is a new new thing for me. My mm. wife has uh, always kind of said yeah, you should write a book at some point in time, and <laughs> I just tell her I'm not really an expert on anything, so I don't really know what to write about. Um, but um, I try to. Uh, this is going to be our sermon series for this Advent season starting this Sunday, and. I try to work way ahead. And so when I was starting on this uh, back in March, um, I started thinking about this and I thought, you know what, this might be the book. Um, Because if there's anything I am super passionate about, it's Christmas. I love Christmas. I'm one of those that, yeah, start the Christmas music early. Um, I'm I'm good with it. Yeah, you talk about uh, walking into the store in October and seeing the Christmas stuff out and and you're thinking about this all the way back in March. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, I, I start thinking about it pretty early on. And so, yeah, it's been, it's, this has been a new process for me. I, you know, I write every week. I'm, I'm writing a sermon sure. every week. Yeah. And uh, I write it and then I set it aside. And so this has been something that I did and then I've been working on for the last nine months. Just out of curiosity, how different is it to write a book versus writing a sermon? Or is it like the same thing only, it, you know, on a larger scale? Yeah. It's way different. Um this is, of course, these are going to be, I'm kind of working backwards and going to turn this into uh, our sermon series. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's definitely a different um, kind of mindset. I don't have people coming through with a red pen on my sermons, you know, <laughs> fixing my grammar and everything and, um, and all these rewrites and uh, having so many other people look at it usually. Yeah. Um, so it is a little bit different, but it's, uh, it's been a really, um, a really fun exercise to do. Well, that's, uh, that's true. I mean, you're the only one who reads the, what's I, written on the page for the sermon. I usually basically. let a couple other people, you know, I mean, glance over and make sure I'm not doing anything too crazy. 
crazy, I but about that on the on the radio, I don't have to. Uh, I'm the only one who has to be able to read it. As, yeah, as, exactly, exactly on the air. But uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Now, where do folks get the book? Yeah, so it's available on Amazon. Uh, you can just search for it on Amazon. How not to ruin Christmas. Um, it's also available through Insight Resources. That's the publisher. And then we do have a few um, hard copies at St. Mark's. Uh, if you stop by, you, uh, we'd be happy to give you one. All right. We've got a uh, link up on our webpage as well. Again, uh, Senior Pastor Dan Metzger from St. Mark's United Methodist Church. His new book is How Not to Ruin Christmas and uh, Preserve Your Sanity uh, This Time of Year. We all could use that. Dan, thanks very much for dropping by. Yeah, we thanks for having me. Well, as the song goes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But is it always? Uh, It is certainly a time to celebrate with uh, friends and loved ones, family members. Joining us this morning with some ways to put a little holiday yay or holiday holiday yay into your holiday is uh, lifestyle expert Megan Murphy. She is the author of Your Fully Charged Life. So how do we add some yay to the holidays. Explain. Oh, it's easy. I'm going to bring the yay right now with the ultimate yay list with some fun brands that I get to work with. Starting with Sanders. It is an iconic chocolate. Found it in Detroit because yay to the yum. Everybody loves chocolate. Chocolate is always a good idea. (laughs) And they have delicious caramels. There's milk chocolate ones. There's dark chocolate ones. They have a sprinkle of sea salt on them, which is just so good. And they come in bags that are sort of decorative and cute. They've got snowflakes on them, or they come in these great little tubs that are 18 ounces. And this is what you're bringing to the party. Like, this is uh, always going to delight your host or hostess. Mm -hmm. And something I always have on hand, because you get those surprise guests and you want to have a little sweet treat. I will tell you also, Sanders is great for a teacher's gift. I like to surprise my mail carrier, my UPS person, the lovely gentleman who takes in, uh, brings the recycling. Um, You know, always chocolate. Chocolate is a good idea. It brings the fun. It brings the yay. While we're on the subject of gifts, uh, since you bring that up, obviously technology, tech gadgets, uh, that's always one of the top categories for gifting. You say we can add a little yay to those gifts as well. Yes, you can bring the yay by avoiding the nay, which are broken devices, cracked screens, all of those terrible things with these very expensive devices. And that's why I trust OtterBox. OtterBox is a really fantastic protective case for all of your electronic devices. And they're very, very rigid. They're super protective, but they're also sleek. You can slide it in your pocket. They're soft to the touch. They come in all kinds of fun colors and patterns. I have a sparkly white one that just feels so holiday and fun. And they have the MagSafe technology, so you can pop it on your charger. You can add those MagSafe accessories like a little wallet. And those are from OtterBox. You can get those at your Verizon store on verizon.com or at otterbox.com. Alrighty. Uh, how else can we have an unforgettable holiday season? There, I got it right. You did it. Holiday. It's all about the lights. I love holiday lights. I am so Clark Griswold <laughs> in Christmas vacation. I want that to be my house. And Govi is my go-to. So this is the first 
um, semi-permanent outdoor lighting. You can leave it up all year long. It can brave the elements. It can withstand snow, sleet, rain, you name it. And they're super easy to install. And what I love about Govi is the app. So you can control your lighting from the app. You can make your lights dance to the music in sync. There are 16 million different lights to choose from. So you could do blue and white for Hanukkah. You could do red and green for Christmas. You could shake it up with a little bit of solid gold action for New Year's Eve. And I'm thinking pink for Valentine's Day. I sure. might turn mine pink. Maybe a little green for St. Patty's, right? I mean, Why this not? is like all year round fun. That is really cool. They, I, I tell you what, if you could remove that chore uh, from my uh, annual uh, holiday, that that gives me a lot of yay right there. Um, you were talking about embracing the yay and avoiding the nay. I saw a stat, and I think we were talking about this the other day on the program. Consumers expected to spend about sixteen hundred dollars on holiday related purchases. Is that a yay or a nay? Listen, it's a lot of money, right? But this is the time of year we want to show the people we love just how much we love them. And and finding the perfect gift is a fantastic way to do that. I got to tell you, I would rather give than receive any day of the week. It makes me feel all of that holiday magic. And I've got a solution for you. So with Afterpay, you can buy now and pay later so that you can stay within your budget. And what Afterpay is, you download the app and it allows you to finance on your own terms in installments. So you're not going to pay finance charges. You're not going to pay fees. You're going to pay your way. And within the app, there's like a thousand stores. So I found Lululemon for my daughter, her favorite Sephora. Then I was shopping for my mom. I went on coach to get her a bag. And I also unlocked a surprise discount. So within the Afterpay app, you can unlock discounts up to 80% off. But when you check out, you choose how you pay. So you're going to pay in installments. You're not going to pay all of those finance charges. And so you can stay within budget, but still show the people you love just how much you care with the perfect present. Some yays indeed. Again, uh, Megan Murphy is with us. She is the author of Your Fully Charged Life. Where do we get uh, all of these and other holiday items and uh, (laughs) cheer for the uh, holiday season? So there is so much yay to be had, and you can follow me on Instagram for daily yay list, and that is at Megan, M-E-A-G-H-A-N, B. Murphy. All right. We will link it up on our webpage as well. Megan, thanks very much for taking the time, and happy holidays. Yay! So as we approach the heart of cold and flu season, you may have heard that the latest science has shown the active ingredient of many commonly used over-the-counter cold and flu remedies has been shown to be ineffective, and many of these products are now being pulled from shelves. So what are we to do when the sniffles strike? Dr. Nasli Latefi is co-founder and chief scientific officer at Applied Biological Laboratories with us this morning. And I guess we should start at the beginning, that old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. How do we avoid getting sick in the first place? So the way we prevent ourselves from getting sick in the first place is the same as how we protect our overall health. Good sleep, good diet, um, certain essential vitamins like vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, um, omega-3 fatty acids. All of these are especially important for the respiratory system because they help it uh, rebuild and also fortify the barrier, the respiratory barrier. But inevitably, we all will get sick. Yeah. Um, some will get sick more than others. Some will get 
more severely sick than others, but we all will get sick because we're social and because viruses have evolved to you know, get right between us. So with, uh, again, these uh, stories about many of these products being pulled and, and it turns out they're not effective. What are the best treatments for cold and flu? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very surprising. Um, when, uh, things like this happen, like something on the market has been on the market for so long and all of a sudden, um, you know, evidence comes out against it. But it really can be explained by the fact that we need to really focus on our respiratory lining, which is very similar to our gut lining, when we think about getting sick and we think about how to protect ourselves because that's the ground zero for where the viruses are entering our bodies and where they're multiplying. And phenylephrine doesn't work because it really does nothing to address what's happening at the respiratory lining. Mm. Yes, it's a decongestant, um, but what it does, if you look at the science, is that it dilates the blood vessels. And that really does nothing for the inflammation that's happening at the respiratory lining, which is what you need to address for the symptoms and to help the body fight against the virus. Unfortunately, other ingredients that are in uh, some very popular products, uh, I can say the same about them, that they really don't do anything to help the respiratory lining. In fact, we did research and they actually make it worse. Hmm. And this is scientific studies that you can find on our website. Why have they been on the market? Well, well they they've are. been on the market since the 19th. That, that's why I was going to say, that's why I was going to say, well, you know, how, how did these things get approved in the first place then if the science isn't there? Yeah. So these, these things have been on the market since the 1950s. And in 1974, the FDA said, okay, um, we're going to codify all of these ingredients. So we're going to create what's called a monograph, which is basically a recipe book, um, which has phenylephrine, pseudoephedrine, Wyfenicine and dextromethorphan and also acetaminophen. So they codified that in 1974 and created this recipe book, um, which basically, um, basically told them what, what they can say about these ingredients and how much they had to put in the product. Hmm. So, um, most of these over the counter, uh, cold and fruit pro- products contain the same active ingredients, which I just mentioned. Yeah. Phenylephrine, pseudoephedrine, so- acetaminophen. So, so, in other words, for the past half century plus, we've been relying on research or uh, information that was more than a half century old, uh, and obviously the science has advanced uh, light years since then. So that kind of circles back to the question then, what are the effective alternatives or are there really any effective alternatives? Yes. So we saw this gap in the science and we created our product uh, based on the new science that describes what happens at the respiratory lining and explains how viruses actually infect. And we have a unique formulation of a combination of ingredients that works in a very unique scientifically and clinically proven way to help your respiratory lining heal itself and protect itself from these infections. And this is also available over the counter? Yes, we have a, um, a dietary supplement, which is called BioVanta Immunity, which works with your immune system to help you boost your immune system. It's a scientifically proven supplement. 
And then we have an over-the-counter drug, which um, contains aspirin. And I just want to mention, because I mentioned acetaminophen before. Mm. So aspirin and acetaminophen is the the chemical that's in Tylenol. So um, both of these are, uh, you know, popular pain medications. But the unique thing about aspirin is that it actually... Um, is an anti-inflammatory. So it not only addresses pain, but it also addresses inflammation. And that's the unique, powerful thing about aspirin. Acetaminophen doesn't shorten the duration of colds, despite the fact that it's in a lot of cold medicine. Um, it does relieve pain and fever, but yeah. it really doesn't do anything for the actual cold or the duration of the sickness. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, Dr. Nasli Latefi is co-founder and chief scientific officer at Applied Biological Laboratories. Kind of break down some of what we have been hearing about these over-the-counter uh, cold and flu remedies um, just in time for the cold and flu season. So something that is uh, very top of mind for a lot of folks. Dr. Latefi, where do uh, folks get more information on uh, all of this and uh, on your product, your alternative here? Go to our website, biovantha.com. It's a great resource, a great gateway because we are on the cutting edge of the science. Uh, that's the reason that we started our company. Um, so we have a lot of links to um, other validated scientific websites like the NIH and PubMed that... Um, I would recommend that you go on our website as a starting point. Dr. Latefi, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. You know, this story is going to be good when the headline reads, Disneyland Park Guest Arrested After Stripping Off Clothes on It's a Small World Ride. (laughs) I saw that story pop up on my newsfeed and I said, I got to learn more about this. So here is the story. A man was arrested at Disneyland after being found naked on the It's a Small World Ride, leading to the ride's closure for over an hour. The incident, captured on social media, of course, showed the man walking around with only his glasses and black underwear, (laughs) later climbing, apparently climbed out of, he was on one of the boats on the It's a Small World ride, from what I understand, and climbed out of the boat and onto the diorama there um, on uh, on the ride, right in front of the Taj Mahal display, he stripped naked... In front of the Taj Mahal display. According to news reports out of Los Angeles, Disneyland staff urged him to climb off of the attraction, emphasizing the potential danger to himself and others. The man, later confirmed to have stripped completely naked, was arrested by Anaheim police for indecent exposure and being under the influence of a controlled substance. How did I... How did I not guess... That there was a controlled substance involved. He was, the story goes on to say he was subsequently taken to the hospital as a precaution. (laughs) You know, um, I don't think of the It's a Small World attraction as a thrill ride. But in this case, I guess it was. (laughs) Some unexpected thrills there. It's a small world after all. 
Uh, let's see. What else going on in the uh, broken news, the odd and unusual side of the headlines? What is the old saying about a bear doing his business in the woods? Well, in Colorado, a bear broke into a parked car to steal some M&M's, made a complete mess, and left a smelly gift for the vehicle's owner. Uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife posted a video of an officer opening a car door so the bear could be on its way. Um, the officer shooed the bear out and then noted that the, le- that the uh, animal left behind torn seats and a uh, big gift on the uh, back seat. <laughs> the M&Ms were nowhere to be found, suggesting the bear enjoyed the snack. So let that be a word of, the- word of warning to you. Never leave, never leave food unattended in your car anywhere there are bears around. It just doesn't seem like a fair exchange. The bear doing his business in the woods or in the backseat of the car. Uh, Speaking of animals uh, wrecking cars, earlier this month, employees at a car dealership in Houston arrived at work to find their cars badly damaged. A check of security footage revealed, no, not vandals, a pair of dogs were seen tearing into the cars with their teeth in three separate incidents occurring over three different nights. Damage was so bad, the uh, finance manager of the dealership, Imran Hawk, tells local news reporters he thought a wolf might be responsible. You just never think of a dog as the kind of uh, animal with the power to tear up a car like that. Nobody wants to leave their cars anymore. They want to make sure that they get straight to the office. They are so scared. Um, the uh, dealership employee believes at least five cars were damaged resulting in losses somewhere between a hundred and three hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> as to what prompted the attack of the dogs according to surveillance footage the dogs may have been chasing a cat they also found a cat uh, on the security footage wow really didn't like that cat <clears throat> In other broken news, a man was arrested on Tuesday afternoon last week for allegedly trashing a Target store in Yuba City, California with a baseball bat. Uh, police say Maceo Benilla, was, who was fired earlier in the day from the store, came back and caused at least $100,000 in damage during his rampage with a baseball bat. Police told employees to evacuate the building until reinforcements could arrive. Mr. Benilla was arrested on charges of burglary and felony vandalism and is now in the Sutter County Jail. Wow, did not take losing his job very well. I can't imagine why he was fired. He seems seems like such a stable young man, you know? I can't imagine why he could have possibly lost his job. And finally, in the broken news this morning, an alleged car thief landed in jail after his scheme to slip past police with his hastily forged license plate caught the attention of a cop in Benicia, California. The, uh, that's right, he had, he had scrawled out a handmade license plate. The officer uh, noticed the phony tag 
containing characters drawn with a thick Sharpie marker on what appears to be an ordinary piece of paper when the numerals on the right side appeared noticeably smaller than the others. (laughs) He didn't even put a whole lot of effort into this. I mean, if you're going to forge a license plate, at least, you know, take your time, do it right. The uh, counterfeit tag uh, was fastened to the car with black duct tape. That was another... (laughs) That was another giveaway. Upon further inspection, the spot where the plate's registration sticker would normally be had an expired date. (laughs) So you can't even... I mean, if you're going to fake... If you're going to create a fake license plate, don't you think you should make sure that the fake tag is not expired? (laughs) I mean, honestly, come on. This guy just wanted to be caught. You know, he was just... It was uh, just a screaming cry for help, I I think. Uh, The uh, police department, Benicia Police Department, wrote on its Facebook page, now, (laughs) it says, we know we're not superheroes, but this is not a way to get one over on us. (laughs) we're, We're not superheroes, but we can tell when you've got a, a fake license plate like this. The unidentified driver was arrested and charged with felony possession of a stolen vehicle and misdemeanor possession of unlawful paraphernalia. Namely, the fake license plate. That in and of itself is a crime, and he's in trouble for that as well. So, if you're going to go through the trouble, at least put some effort in. Have some pride, man! Have some pride in your craft! There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's Broken News Report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Did you know more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection? AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping Americans safe in dangerous times. This is News Director Matt Demchek. AM 1330 WFIN is here to serve you, and we take seriously our commitment to our listeners. We would love to hear what you value most about AM radio. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. We were actually referencing this, uh, I think, last week on the program. We have some more detailed data here on this new survey on Americans' money goals going into 2023 and kind of analyzing those goals as we approach the end of the year to see how we did. Uh, So, according to this uh, new survey of 2,000 adults, 93% going into this year, going into 2023, 93% of us have made at least one financial goal. And many of us uh, apparently met our goals. So, kudos. Pat yourself on the back. According to the uh, survey, Americans, on average, saved... Nearly $2,000 in terms of money put into savings. Nearly $2,000 on average. And we paid off three debts. So, I don't know how you're doing with that, but on average, paid off three debts, set aside nearly two grand. Um, Now, there is something that maybe raises a bit of a red flag, especially considering the fact that today is Cyber Monday, where Americans are expected to spend something like $12 billion in online shopping. 
last year, we spent, in the past year, we spent the most money shopping online, more so than in-person shopping. So something to keep in mind here. But 93% of us had financial goals going into 2023. Uh, 67% of us had a goal of paying off debt uh, at, at the top of the list. 67%. 62% said that they wanted to have a certain amount of money in their savings by the end of the year. Another 62% said spending less on non-necessities was their goal. And clearly, people could choose more than one financial goal in this survey. So 62% said spending less on non-necessities. 50% wanted to stick to a budget each month, which obviously would help you with all those other goals uh, as well. So... Again, it looks like we reached our goals, at least the top ones, saving nearly $2,000, paying off three debts, taking a deeper dive into the way America, the way or ways that Americans spent their money in 2023. It is clear that food and fun go hand in hand. Americans spent an average of $1,791 dining out. That includes everything from sit-down restaurants to fast food to food delivery included in that as well. So $1,791. I think that is the top category of discretionary spending. So if you're looking to trim back on some of those non-necessities, that would be a good place to start. Uh, Americans, again, as we're coming up on Cyber Monday here. We're getting into Cyber Monday. Something to think about. Americans over the course of the past year, spent $744 shopping online and $702 at in-person retailers like big box stores and boutiques and malls and that kind of thing. So as we head into this big day of online spending, something to keep in mind that we already spend more money online than we do in person. Do you really want to add it to that? I know, getting great deals for... You know, knocking off your holiday gift list is important, but just temper that with the knowledge that we've already spent a lot of money online so far this year. Heather Glow is here from the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. But I tell you what, they've got a lot of shows to put you in a holiday mood. Some great stocking stuffers for the holiday. Heather, thanks very much for dropping by. Nothing like the gift of live performances, That's right? right. That's right. And uh, you do have, first of all, I uh, want to talk about the holiday open house that you have coming up tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so it's tomorrow starting at 4 until mm-hmm. 7. We have some beautiful new holiday decorations we're very excited about. They were designed and executed by Aaron Patterson, someone right here in town. Okay. And our atrium looks gorgeous, so we wanted people to come see it. So we'll have some snacks and some beverages. You can just come listen to the player piano, play a few carols, and, and check out the beautiful new space. It's a perfect selfie space now, yeah, too. Set you into the holiday mood. Exactly. And uh, also, you can learn more about some of these upcoming shows. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it also happens to be Giving Tuesday. So if you'd like to make a little donation, we wouldn't say no to that either. And it is so important. I mean, 
when talk about Giving Tuesday and supporting uh, nonprofits, uh, it's hard to go wrong with a, a gift to support the arts locally. Yeah, I think sometimes people forget that we're a nonprofit, but mm-hmm. we do a lot of things that aren't the big shiny shows on main stage that mm-hmm. need to be funded, like all of our education programs, the free stuff that I know you uh, in the park you help us with, right. and and all of those outreach programs um, are funded by donations. Yeah, uh, and. We've talked about this before while we're on the subject of, uh, of funding. Those big shows, and we've got a couple of them coming up, uh, are not necessarily big money makers uh, at the in the final analysis. Right, absolutely. So they're expensive to put on, mm-hmm. especially the Broadway shows. Right. I usually say that if I'm paying X for the Broadway show, I have to pay that same amount in labor for those shows because we have so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am passionate about making sure it stays affordable. So if we were to make money, we'd be charging $500 a ticket, and nobody can do that or nobody wants to do that. Um, So they aren't money makers. We make our money in donations, sponsorships. We have generous sponsors that help us that make sure those things all happen. Uh, Occasionally rental shows. Yes, absolutely. uh, Which we have a couple of those coming up this month to talk about. Uh, But it's, again, it's a much uh, more interesting dynamic in terms of the way the the cash flow works at a performing. And it's not just, that's not limited to just the Marathon Center. That's the way performing arts venues typically work. Especially if they're a community nonprofit. I mean, Mm -hmm. some of the big venues that are for profits don't operate in the same way. Taylor Swift's tour made money. Yes, I'm sure they did. (laughs) (laughs) No no question about that. But uh, again, we didn't have Taylor Swift at the Marathon Center. There's a reason for that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, So a couple of things that are coming up that kind of put people into the holiday mood. You do have a free event uh, that is coming up, what, next week, I guess. Yeah, the 5th. And that's um, part of the Fun for All fund at the Community Foundation. And Mm -hmm. we're doing a showing of National Lampoon's Holiday Vacation, (laughs) which I'm ashamed to admit, I've actually never seen. Really? I've never seen it. Well, So I'm looking forward to it. We'll have popcorn and and the bar will be open and it'll be a lot of fun. That will put you into a holiday mood in a, a entirely a different way. That's so, right. <laughs> uh, you do have a uh, a show that is um, it's billed as a winter's evening with Ryan Hood. This is the Live uh, at Arms uh, series. It is. Yep. So they're a duo. They're two guys, um, and they do some traditional music, some of their own music. Mm-hmm. I've seen them twice at conferences now, and they are a lot of fun. Uh, the last one they did musical Mad Libs, so they got people to throw out words from the audience, and they wrote a song around it. <laughs> so a little uh, lightheartedness to yeah. uh, uh, squeeze into the season there. That yep. is coming up uh, next week as well. The seventh, right? yes, yeah. Thursday. Uh, and then we get into some of the holiday shows, the main stage series, uh, Under the Street Lamp. Right. Uh, so hip to the Holidays. Hip to the Holidays. Yeah. So that's an album, so you can listen to the music ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And um, Under the Street Lamp was here, I think, the first season MCPA existed, so it was before I got here. And people kept saying how much fun they were. Um, they're all performers who have been in Jersey Boys and some of the big Broadway tours, and they have that whole Jersey Boys sound, mm-hmm. and they do Christmas music. Yeah, got so that vibe going on. Yeah. That will be yep. fun. Uh, and tickets are still available for we that. We do still have tickets available, yeah, for all of our shows right now. And uh, then a couple of uh, rental shows, as we mentioned, but perfect for the holiday, Masha and the Nutcracker. Right, so that's a, a version of the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. Um, and the company's out of, uh, it's the Black Swamp Fine Arts School. And this is, I think, the second year they've been there, but they put on a really nice professional-looking production of the Nutcracker. And uh, then the, a tribute to a Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah, I think we're a little too small for 
Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. TSO is, uh, that's a, a big, big That's a production. stadium thing, but, but this yeah. is a tribute. Um, and again, you mentioned that's a rental show, mm-hmm. um, but another great way to, to get into the holiday spirit. And I think that's our last show before the holidays, actually. Yeah. Um, all of these shows, uh, again, tickets are available and, uh, you can get those online. Yep. MCPA.org. And we're also there every day, at least 11 to four, if not longer. Um, and we mentioned stocking stuffers, uh, tickets to a show are a great way. Yeah. Uh, these, the Christmas shows, uh, the holiday shows are all coming up before Christmas, but right. you you look into the new year and you've got stuff going on, uh, on the uh, schedule. Yeah. So. We have another six months worth of live at arm shows. We have Sarah Evans, which is selling very quickly. So I'd get those fast. And we also have gift cards. If you don't know what the person you're giving to wants to see. And uh, you also have, a, I believe, still tickets available for dueling pianos coming up we in February. We do in February. I know that's a ways out, but that sells out it every year. It does sell out so. every year. Yep. So the first weekend of February. Uh, so if you are looking for that and, man, I wish I could get tickets. Now is the time exactly. to jump on Exactly. Well put. <laughs> the time to, uh, to jump on uh, dueling pianos. Uh, so all of those tickets uh, are available online. You can, again, stock, stuff your own stocking or the stocking of uh, someone else. And, again, the uh, uh, open house is coming up tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow, 4 to 7. All right. Uh, again, uh, Heather Clough with the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts is with us this morning. We've got a link up on our webpage for more info. So you can go there and get more details on all of these shows and the others that are happening uh, coming up into the new year. Heather, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. That, of course, goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media. Sign up for a daily email newsletter. There's a link there to email us directly if there's something you want to share. Again, goodmornings.net. Check us out online. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.